Hello and welcome to a special all reviews edition of the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and joining alongside me today is Anthony. What is up everyone who's listening? And Shabazz. What is up everyone who is listening? I don't like I this mirroring thing. <laughs> you're both wearing white shirts too. Now you're just repeating what the other person's saying. It's just, it's strange. It's quite strange. Uh, like I said, today we are talking all about movie reviews today. We're, this is the first time we're doing something like this where we're just strictly talking about movie reviews instead of having each individual um movie review out on our feed we're excited you know what it's a big week we have lots of movies coming out let's talk about them all in one episode the movies we'll be talking about today are death on the nile blacklight marry me and i want you back but as always you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes and all the latest movies and series make sure to follow us at the movie podcast on instagram twitter tiktok and letterbox and don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts, spotify join our discord and write into the show at hello at the movie podcast.ca man are you uh, quick- are you running a marathon you said that so quick Woo! i'm just you know i was it was all in me i'm like i should probably take a breath you took one breath sh- and you spit it all out how many movies yeah. are we reviewing in this one you said four okay i'm just four i'm just yeah, looking at all the synopsis and reviews we have to, we have, to have, the audience, we have to uh, have the audience name what kind of episode this is because if we're going to do this down the road in the future we need to have a name for this like we have a name for everything we have a name for I, I said i thought like the movie podcast was great that was a great idea we had but i was gonna say like oh we should do it with like was it like lucky charms or captain crunch where it's like oops all marshmallows or oops all berries and yeah, you guys are like i don't know that, i don't man, like that i don't i don't yeah. up, like i have it's, no idea what you're talking about. again i thought we were serial fans i we thought we, fans. we were we serial killer we were fans all, you know but i oh, don't know oh interesting wait, no okay just anthony hold the phone we're all serial fans but i never got into captain crunch or i i've never eaten captain crunch oh, but, but i remember seeing the, the boxes because uh, I'm just it's just, just being a knowledgeable person, <laughs> really. <laughs> you know, to, like he's on my a lot of movie reviews. Yeah, I don't get it either. Because because it, it's all reviews. It's like, oops, we're only doing reviews today. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's gonna be yeah. no. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, it's if you have a better idea, please write into the show. <laughs> write into the show. Hello at the moviepodcast.ca. Some quick announcements before we dive into our first review. Uh, we were really lucky to have some awesome special guests join us on the movie podcast this week. Um, on Monday, we had Clark Bacco, who's also the star of I Want You Back, which we are going to be talking about later in this episode. Uh, she was great to welcome. She's, you know, she. She's a Cana- fellow Canadian. It was awesome talking to her about this film. She's great in it. Uh, and then today, or if you're listening to this on February 10th when this episode drops, uh, we also have an episode out with Colin Mockery, comedian, legend, Canadian, uh, improv master, and star of Whose Line It Is Anyway, and also Last One Laughing Canada. We are so lucky to talk to him. Shane and I had a great time with him. We made him laugh, which is like our badge of honor now. We could say that we made Colin Mockery laugh. We'll get those shirts printed as well, too, I think. Yeah? Shane, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as like one of Anthony's... Um uh, it's one of Anthony's famous catchphrases. Sorry, I got distracted. Anthony was doing his emo haircut there. Like yeah. you were doing a complete. Uh, you were doing the Tobey Maguire and yeah. Spider Man Three. This was like you just was like put the used or something. You know? Yeah. 
I don't I don't like it. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not as good as like I mean I would love to have a shirt of that, but why not get a tattoo instead around the neck? Oh, oh, no, around on, the neck. On okay, the, on the cheek. Shay, on, on the cheek. Yeah, okay, but I have cheek. a beard though, so it's kind of hard. No, no, like even above the cheek, like right, oh, right, right below the, the cheekbone. Right on the cheekbone, yeah. yeah. On the cheekbone. Do it on the cheekbone. Yeah. What we could also do is we could get little Colin Mockery teardrops. So on, are they you know? teardrops shaped like Colin Mockery? Is that the idea? Yeah, they're they're teardrops shaped like Colin Mockery's head, uh-huh. and each teardrop for the amount of times we made him laugh. Mm. I made okay, him laugh so zero times, so I have no tears. <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't. Cry. Anthony doesn't need that. Never cried before. It's, it's true. also true. It's also true. Uh, the first movie, let's jump into it. Let's talk about Death on the Nile. This movie has had a very interesting run-up to release, and it is directed by Kenneth Branagh. It is the sequel to the 2017 film Murder on the Orient Express. So this is a whole new uh, murder for uh, Detective Perot to solve. And Shay is going to read you the synopsis. Belgian sleuth Hercule Poirot's Egyptian vacation aboard a glamorous river steamer turns into a terrifying search for a murderer when a picture-perfect couple's idyllic honeymoon is tragically cut short. Set against an epic landscape of sweeping desert vistas and the majestic Giza pyramids, this tale of unbridled passion and incapacitating jealousy features a cosmopolitan group of impeccably dressed travelers and enough wicked twists and turns to leave audiences guessing until the final shocking denouement that is uh that is certainly a a synopsis a heavy synopsis Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure a lot of it was just filler it's a a lot a lot of filler anthony kick us off with your first reactions to death on the nile i'm gonna be quick i'm gonna be to the point this movie at the root of it had a really interesting like murder mystery but getting there took a really long time and a lot of, just like that synopsis, a lot of fluff getting there. And I think that's what really put this movie into, into like my perspective of a murder mystery that it just didn't hit the marks that I wanted it. Second half of this film was really good. The first half, which is that it's the most important half because that's when it grips you pretty boring. Um, I would say, like, if you are a fan of Perot, this might be a story for you. But I, I, I like, I, like, I know the character. I didn't haven't watched any of his. I didn't watch the murder on the Orient Express, so I don't know what that movie looked like. Um, but this movie and its pacing really threw it off for me, and I just couldn't get into it. And that there are parts where you're like, oh, just like a murder mystery, but. It's too late. The murder's done. You murdered me in the first hour. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's, you know, I agree with, with your sentiments there. I think the first hour, I think it really was on the first hour mark that we see that first murder occur. And the second half of this movie is a lot stronger. You know, it starts to weave an interesting web. We start to see, like, and, and start to suspe- suspect more of who could be the killer, what's going on. There's a lot of these different characters at play, but that first hour, yeah, I mean, this movie looks nice. It's stylish, has a cool um, like environment, you know, like being in Egypt and everything like that. It's great, um, but you're also just lacking, I think, a lot of just interesting characters because the first hour of this movie is just setting up like this couple, and then it kind of time jumps a bunch. We get to learn. Uh, we get to, this movie opens up with like a war, um, I guess, 
like a prologue of a pro at war. I'm assuming it's world war one. Um, and we kind of see how he gets all scarred um, and why he has the mustache and everything like that. And um, it was interesting. It was in black and white as well too. I'm like, Oh, and it's Kenneth Branagh. It's just, you know, he's testing out some of his, uh, what he's going to be doing on Belfast maybe, or, <laughs> but um, it's like, that was interesting and it was well shot. And now I'm just like, man, I'd, I'd love to see Kenneth Branagh directed war film. Um, but then we kind of get into the movie itself and we have army hammer. We have Gal Gadot who are kind of the lead couple in this film, which as much as we try and separate, you know, the real world from the movie world, it's still very strange. And Letitia writes in this movie as well too, which is also an, was another, you know, interesting thing. And, um, one of the things I remember us discussing after this film was how every character kind of felt like a caricature, right? It felt like they were playing a larger than life part, but it didn't always jive with the reality of the film. Uh, Shay, where are you with Death on the Nile? You know, for me, the movie started off, you know, like you mentioned, with the the case of how Her- Hercule got his mustache. And I don't know if that was completely necessary. I, I, I felt like, where is this movie going? Like, why do we need this whole mustache origin story at the moment and then (laughs) finally kind of get to the main characters of the movie and as soon as the movie kind of starts you kind of start to get a bit of an idea as to where this is going to go and what's going to happen by the end of it and even before the murder kind of happened i I remember like leaning over to daniel and being like hey i think this is who the murder is going to be and i think this is their motive and what do you think and you just kind of like yeah like yeah i think so too the whole movie has it, it just feels like you're not watching anything new or exciting. And I think the point of whodunits is, you know, you really want to keep the audience in suspense. You want to kind of get that mystery involved. And, you know, adapting an Agatha Christie, you know, story again, you would hope that they'd maybe add a few twists or turns, but but there's none. It, it's very what you get. It's it's plain on paper and the movie just never really captivates the the performances in this film are also not that great Letitia Wright is not great to watch in this movie neither is Gal Gadot they're they're not good actresses in this moment uh, Army Hammer he's actually pretty good like he he brings emotion at certain scenes but also at some moments I, I couldn't help but laugh at him because again of what we hear about in the public so it's kind of awkward Everybody else in the movie, they exactly like you mentioned. They're playing caricatures. Everyone's just kind of there. The moments that you are meant to be serious end up being funny sometimes. And the fact the murder doesn't happen at, until the one hour mark, you're just kind of waiting for the clock to tick. And you're like, can someone just die already? Like, when does this <laughs> mystery start? And then yes. a few more murders happen. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, how is someone getting away on the boat with all this? And at the same time, we already kind of know what this movie is going to end with. Like it's, it, it never seemed to captivate me. It never seemed to bring anything new to the table. And in a world where, you know, a lot of directors out there like Ryan Johnson and Christopher Miller, they're, they're creating whodunits and adding their own twists and turns to it and keeping the genre interesting. A movie like this, it doesn't do anything at all. And it doesn't, in, it doesn't invite you to come watch it. Mm. Right. You know, uh, it's exactly, I, I'm glad that you brought up, obviously, Ryan Johnson and Christopher Miller. You know, we're seeing the whodunit genre a lot now. They're doing a, what's that, what's that one with Adam Sandler and uh, Jennifer Aniston? Well, that one's actually based on Murder on the Orient Express, and that one is yeah, but, Murder Mystery. Murder Mystery, and they're shooting the sequel to it now. Yeah, I think, yeah. And it's like, and we're just getting After Party, and we have Knives Out coming out this year. And there's a lot of whodunits happening right now. They're, they're, they're turning into that, you know, that new hot genre, because I think people really enjoy it. But I think Death on the Nile is just too by the books. And I mean that literally 
it's by the book. It doesn't do anything new, and it just it doesn't try anything interesting. Um, I think Kenneth Branagh is a great director. I think he's a great performer. He is the strongest character in this film. I just wish that the surrounding and the actual story itself was a lot more to the point, and it brought us somewhere where we were left guessing and not calling who were the who who was behind all this from the first twenty minutes of the movie because it really is kind of obvious if you're if you're paying attention. Oh, this could be what their uh, what the, what their motive is if you're if you're really watching you're you're going to guess that and when you when you know that it throughout the movie and when you end on it the whole purpose of a whodunit is you go on the ride you learn about these characters and you want that final twist where this movie was just like oh we saw this coming throughout yeah I I I think this show does but that's the show this movie does better as a show and I think that's why it's so popular as a show. Um, because you can get build those characters and you can build like the momentum, the perspectives to get you know? to that murder, but in such a short period of time. Um, another thing I really noticed in this film is it, the the visual effects were very distracting because oh, they were very. they weren't done well, um, and they were just it really felt like they were on a lot like on a green screen. screen, and it just didn't feel feel real. To, and it, and that that alone playing in with the the whole story, um, it just it just I couldn't buy into it. There was not a buy in. I get it. There's a there's a moment I get it for sure, Anthony. Here that in the beginning of the film where um, Hercule is standing in front of the the pyramids, and it looked so bad. I was yeah. I I kind of like gasped. I was like, wow, this is this is the movie right now. Like this looks so fake. Like you might as well just have them in front of a picture. Instead of instead of actually like trying to green screen this, like just print it out and have them stand in front of it because that'll look better. It was really rough. But you, you know, Daniel, you mentioned something about you know Kenneth Branagh. I I think he's fantastic. I think he's a fantastic director, a fantastic actor. He's one of my favorites, and I feel like he could do a much better job. I'm not sure if these are passion projects for him, but this is a this is a this is an area where I don't think he needs to keep trying to to bring it. He can try to reinvent the wheel somewhere else, but he's not doing much other than paying homage. And at this point, why would I, why would I tell somebody to, to take their hard earned money and say, Hey, go watch this in theaters right now, because it's something that you need to see. No, that, and that's so true. So let's get into our final recommendations because we do have some more movies to get to. Uh, Shay, I'm going to get you to start off. I'm going to say skip it. Uh, this n- didn't bring anything at all very interesting. And it is, you can probably watch the original or read the book. Anthony, how about yourself? Yeah, it's going to be a skip it for me as well. Um, I, I think there are the, the TV shows that you find on PBS and, and wherever. Um, do a better job at with the character than what we got in this film. I got you. For myself, I'm going to say wait for it to hit Disney Plus. It'll hit, be hitting Disney Plus in a few months. If you are a fan of the first film, if you were a fan of Murder on the Orient Express, and you want to see the continuing adventures of uh, Perot, um, definitely check this out. I think the, the the last hour of this film is a lot more engaging and interesting and stylish. Uh, but you're going to have to. Uh, kind of stay on that ride for a while before it gets to something interesting. Uh, let's get to our next movie of discussion today, uh, which is the film Blacklight. Blacklight is uh, going to be releasing here in theaters. I want to say thank you to our friends at VVS for inviting us to watch it. Um, and it stars Liam Neeson. So Liam Neeson, I think, has become uh, an almost genre 
in itself. Uh, and Anthony, if you're cool with it, I would love for you to read the synopsis. A troubled off-the-books fixer for the FBI, Travis Block, tasked with pulling undercover agents out of dangerous situations, finds himself in the middle of a deadly conspiracy when an undercover agent starts questioning the very people he's working for. Excellent. Now, it's interesting. As I said, Liam Neeson, I think, really is feeling like his own genre at this point. And we've seen Liam Neeson do a bunch of these, you know action thriller roles in the last 10 years especially uh shay what was your first reaction to blacklight what the hell was this movie this was this was just <laughs> like you know i feel like we haven't seen a liam neeson type film in a while there, there was a period where it felt like there was a funnel that was just shitting them out where every couple of days or months we were getting a new liam neeson movie and it was the exact same thing and then it then it felt like there was a bit of a lull like oh okay he's he's kind of stopped then I saw the trailer for this, and I'm like, well, why are we going back? Why are we going back there? And now we're we're here with this movie, and it's just it's just it it doesn't make any sense. There there's action sequences in this movie that just kind of go unnecessarily, and it it just kind of overtakes moments that are supposed to be light, and then they just build up and become so epic and crazy it doesn't make any sense in my opinion the 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 acting and the story they're all very silly and i don't know for me this movie felt like a bit a bit of a mess and i and i wish it was it was cool because it felt like it had the makings of wanting to be a cool movie but it's just very generic and i and i wish they they did try harder yeah anthony how about yourself it was i totally agree shay it was a grade B action thriller. Like Liam Neeson, you know, Liam Neeson plays the same character and we just talked about it. Yeah. Him having his own genre, you know, uh, he's a, a grandfather or a father to a daughter who doesn't like him. And he's a agent or secret service, uh, retiree. And he's trying to like get to save his family or save something. It's the same story over and over again. Just, different name of a character um anticlimactic ending pacing awful you don't know what this movie is really talking about like you really don't even understand the story um i just there were certain parts where like oh okay this this is um this is interesting but it goes nowhere and then you'll find you you realize while watching it What's the point of watching this film if I've seen this film a thousand times before? It just feels redundant. And it just is a typical Liam Neeson film at this point in time. Yeah, I'm looking. So the director of this film, Mark Williams, he's worked with Liam Neeson before. He worked on with him on The Marksman, which came out last year. And he also worked with him on The Honest Thief, which came out the year before that. So this is like his trilogy of films uh with uh liam neeson um and i'm feeling in the exact same spot as you guys you know like i really like liam neeson as an actor i think he's a brilliant actor um but i and i i like him in action roles but i think he's not being utilized as well as he can be you know because a lot of these films feel like they follow the same narrative structure like anthony was saying you know he is a former so-and-so He's now doing this. He's trying to protect his family, but now this is going on. So he has to go against the government. And it just feels like we're just hitting these same 
kind of tropes that we've seen in so many different movies where you you kind of walk away from this movie where you're not even really you don't really think about it too much afterwards because you just feel like you've seen this movie before Mm -hmm. you have that sense of deja vu throughout this film um uh, some interesting action in this film but i will say something that i think stood out to me a lot uh the editing in this movie. There's a lot of really interesting, and I say interesting, um, bad editing in this Mm -hmm. film in the sense where it's like, let's kind of zoom in on Liam Neeson, but also like do these like kind of jump cuts to make it seem like he's, I guess like, is this really happening? And he is, that's what they're trying to do. You know, like, like, and and you're also just like, is he like, it's almost gives the illusion. I'm like, okay, is is it movie trying to tell us like, this isn't really happening or is this happening in his head? Like, like it, it's, it's confusing. And it left me confused. Cause I'm like, like, is, is he suffering some type of like illness that he's, you know what I mean? And then it just kind of like, nothing came from it. Um, and even in a lot of the action sequences too, they would do like this crazy shaking. Um, and it was just some very strange editing choice in this movie that I found it very jarring um, and really hard to focus on what was going on because every time they happened and they happened every few minutes or repeatedly in succession every couple seconds um it would pull me out and i'd 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 always be like oh my gosh like this is this is like very jarring like it's almost giving me a headache at some point when they when you see a movie use like filters in part with transitional effects for an edit you know it's not going to be a good film it's like this is this it's just a cheap tactic to make it look like the stylistic film, but it's not another, another thing. I don't know if you, you guys noticed, but this movie takes place in the United States, but it doesn't feel like it's taking, it looks like it's in Europe no, or it I, looks I like think it's Europe. Australia. It does, yeah. Like this doesn't look like a movie that's in the United States, but you're portraying no. it. And that alone, like that throws you off because you're talking about like the FBI and you're talking about, but it's like, this is clearly Europe or a different country. It's Australia. It's they a, shot it yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely, that, definitely stood out. No, that was the thing that, that really threw me out. I'm like, none of this looks like the United States. And just cause you're saying FBI doesn't really mean that it is. Yeah. It's the FBI. Like it's just, it was just, it's bizarre. Just like <laughs> dude if it's kangaroo, jack, jumped kangaroo out of a jacks kangaroo on the case pouch, it would have been better than what we just watched i agree wow I, okay i, I would have I, I mean the kangaroo cut uh, hold on a second let's let's not discredit uh blacklight here because i think if we saw liam neeson jump out of a kangaroo pouch that's better than majority of movies like period it's true that's not just that's like better than most movies if we were I would to see an, that happen. i would take Let's any bad movie where the character just jumps out of a, a kangaroo pouch and i'm like yep all yeah. of a sudden it's a much better movie maybe that's what happens in the next mission impossible like instead of a mask that's not a bad movie it's though. a that's kangaroo a movie, it's it's a no but i know but we don't know what the next mission impossible is going to be right oh, what if it's just like a giant kangaroo prosthetic and ethan hunts is like Dun, dun, I'm here. Dun, dun. Oh, I just <laughs> but are they? In, they're in Australia. They're also in Australia in this oh, okay. one too. Yeah. The, the, Let's get to our final recommendations. Uh, Shay, do you want to start us off? You have a final thought there. You oh, want to no, say? Just, just skip it. Anthony, how about yourself? Yeah, this is a skip it. Don't watch it. Uh, for myself, this is also a skip it. Uh, I was hopeful. I go into every one of these Liam, Liam Neeson movies with hope that we're going to get the next taken. Unfortunately, um, we got to keep waiting a little bit longer. I, like when this uh, movie started in like the first five minutes uh, up until the big first moment, I was like, Oh, this could actually be good. And then when that happened, I'm like, Oh, interesting. And then it just took a nosedive. 
Let's get to our next film. Again, this is it's a very hard pivot. And like I said, we're doing this is something new we're doing on the movie podcast. We're just reviewing everything we watch this week. We want to have it as one episode for you. So the last two movies, we're pairing them together because they're both romantic comedies. They're both very different. Uh, this movie is called Marry Me. And this is going to be releasing uh, this Friday as well as all these movies are uh, releasing this Friday. Uh, I want to say thank you to our friends at Universal for sending this to us. The film is directed by Kat Coro uh, uh, or Corio, and it stars Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, and Sarah Silverman. Uh, Shay, I'm going to get you to start us off. We watched this movie together. Give us your thoughts on Marry Me. Do you... Um do you not want to marry me is how I felt about this film. <laughs> like, do you, do you want to get a divorce? Uh, oh, no, no man. This, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I I remember we saw the trailer for this movie and the trailer was six hours long. And I was like, wow. It like, was. Like, how long is this movie going to be then? Um, there, <laughs> the movie, I think, has a fun concept. I really liked what the concept of the movie was, you know, taking, can you, do you mind explain? I was yes, going to say, do you uh, mind explaining it? Cause I didn't get you to do the synopsis. No, that's okay. Uh, let, let me give a little, let me give a little synopsis about it too. So pop superstar, Kat Valdez is about to get married before an audience of her loyal fans. However, seconds before the ceremony, she learns about her fiance's cheating ways and has a meltdown on stage. In a moment of inspired insanity, Kat locks eyes with a total stranger in the crowd and marries him on the spot. As forces conspire to separate the unlikely newlyweds, they must soon decide if two people from such different worlds can find true love together. Now, th- this... the. The way the synopsis is written out, it makes it seem so much more intense than it actually actually was. I don't remember any forces trying to pull them apart besides the fact that she's a super mega pop star, J-Lo, and Owen Wilson is just a regular teacher. You know? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But like beyond that, there, there really isn't much this film. The comedy doesn't really hit. The, the music is so uninspired. It feels like a parody sometimes because it, there's no love or thought put into it and the movie just kind of has this and i remember daniel you and i were watching this movie and the way they shot it the lens that they use the it's almost like a fisheye lens so there's so many moments where the camera's just panning and owen wilson looks like a little twig and i'm like why does he look so skinny or why does this thing in the corner look so small it's just the way they shot it and it's a very very weird decision in my opinion the movie doesn't linger on your mind at all. And when you're kind of watching it, you're forgetting it as you're watching it. Uh, It's interesting. You know, we we were talking about the, the lens, which definitely was a strange fisheye lens. That was definitely a choice. Uh, But there's also a lot of moments in this movie where it cuts to like phone footage or like footage off a camera. And it's, again, it's very jarring. It's a very, jarring editing choice because you're watching it then all of a sudden we're in a different perspective and this movie's like really trying to hammer home you know what she's a pop star she's famous she lives her life through social media but like it feels like such an afterthought because like like JLo's character in this doesn't really feel like she's obsessed with social media or anything like that it's just like that's her entourage and this is what she does it's never like egregious where you're just like whoa like she cares more about social media than she does him right and I think the very premise alone is it's 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 cool. I'm like, okay, a pop star marries a normal dude. But like as outlandish and again, crazy things happen in movies all the time. This isn't a movie where there's, you know, a purple guy sitting on a chair with he's trying to chase after these stones, but you believe that because you you believe the reality of that world. But when you're at a concert 
and you're just holding a sign that says marry me and someone just points to you on stage just like yeah i'm gonna marry you you don't go on stage and think you're really getting married i thought a plot point of this movie was going to be like wait we're that was a real wedding like that like they just get married and it's just so it's so weird like no one's questioning this and i get that's the premise of this movie but like the movie kind of just carries on like it's a normal thing like it is not the most absurd thing that just happened in the entire world that she just married a random person who was there in the audience it's so weird uh anthony where are you with marry me if you like cheesy valentine's day films this is it this is because the the whole that that narrative daniel is super cheesy and it's true and when you watch it it doesn't have the charm of uh, a romance comedy that you're looking for like um for instance i'm trying to think sleepless in seattle or sleepless in seattle you've got mail or even jlo's earlier films right made in manhattan you know manhattan so you you're looking for that charm and it's not there and you're you don't really see the chemistry between JLo and Owen Wilson. Yes, they're they're doing a good job, but like Owen Wilson is just playing Owen Wilson in this film. He doesn't feel like he's playing any character other than himself. And JLo looks like she's just playing JLo and it just doesn't mix well. But I think this movie knows what it is and it knows that it is a cheesy valentine's day film that people will like right. like i see a lot of women loving this film uh just because it's that it's just one of those girls nights let's put this movie on let's have some wine let's have fun and we'll watch maluma and we'll watch j-lo and oh there's <laughs> owen wilson he's different and you know he's a nerdy <laughs> dude right he's interesting looking so it's just like yeah it has that and i don't know if this movie was trying to get to that point of being uh a timeless romantic comedy, but I personally, I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't get through it because it just was too much for me. I just, it wasn't the movie I was looking for, you know, like it wasn't, it was just too much cheese and I just can't, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy and You're it. lactose intolerant. I know. And, and you're uh, too much cheese and I'm, I'm lactose, not, I'm you know, lactose, like, no. you know, it's funny cause you were making fun of like insider insider knowledge here like anthony was like making fun of me for my stomach hurting because i had too much cheese yesterday on my burger and now here we are mr i don't want no cheese in my movies you know i, I was this very, is what happens i was very um you know i while watching this movie i was like oh i wonder what this director is d- has done or gonna do and you know she is directing all six episodes of she hulk so yep i'm a little curious i i really hope that you know this isn't a an example of what we're going to be looking forward to. Again, this is not a like a like a horrible movie. It just no. It just it it doesn't not meant for really us. it doesn't really hit any marks. Like I yeah. I, I don't know if I, I, to be honest with you, Anthony, I don't know if this movie is going to be beloved by people anyway. It's like I, there's again kind of like how we talked about on Death of the Nile. There isn't anything new being brought to the formula, and the chemistry didn't really hit. Like there's there, there's moments where you know J Lo is doing her concert. Um, sorry, Cat Valdez. And it looked like she was in a really tiny stadium, uh, similar to just uh, your what an artist that is just starting up is doing. But you're meant to believe that she's got these like millions of followers, and I'm like, oh, 
She's not even. And this like, is her wedding too. Yeah, this is her wedding. She's not this. even in like a like a giant coliseum. Like she's like my house is bigger I think than this. It could have been COVID related, <laughs> you know. And that's the thing, right? But it, again, it shouldn't excuse you know the, the extravagance that the movie is trying to bring. Like you have to find a ways around it. Definitely. Uh, and Kat Corey, uh, Coiro, uh, I believe her name is. She also directed uh, a bunch of television as well too. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so uh, always sunny modern family brooklyn 99 so there's a lot to look at elsewhere as well too so i'm not i'm not this doesn't make me any way nervous for for she hulk but it's it's definitely uh it's definitely i think a movie that just kind of was i think created in concept but i think the execution of it it doesn't work as a feature length film because you're just there's just so many holes that you're just like hold on but what about this and this and this and but again if you just like if you want something mindless i think this will fill that hole. Sorry, Shay, you were going to say something. I say, it, I, it blew my mind that to find out this is based on a graphic novel. Yeah, that's that crazy. It's based yeah. on a graphic yeah. novel. Yeah, I looked uh, up the graphic novel and it, it you know, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Let's get to our final. <laughs> let's get to our final recommendations of this romantic comedy. Uh, Shay, I'm going to get you to start us off. Uh, I'm going to skip it. No, okay, that's it. There's, there's no other. Not, there's not really much to this movie. I, I think if you want to spend your Valentine's Day with your lover, uh, put there are many, many good, um, you know, romantic comedies out there. And I know that our Monday episode, we're going to be doing a bit of a deeper dive on some romantic comedies. Uh, there, there are much better movies out there that you can watch. If you really want to go to the theater, um, go watch Spider Man again. <laughs> uh, Anthony, how about yourself? I'm going to say stream it. I think. I think people will want to watch it um, just because J-Lo's in it. And I know like just, just the environment and the, the aesthetics of the film. I feel like a lot of people will like, like it. And I think um, it's not a movie you need to go run to the theater for, but it's definitely a stream it for Valentine's Valentine's day. The nice thing is uh, the nice things for our friends in the South, uh, in the United States, not the Southern United States, but across all of the United States, uh, you'll be able to stream this film day and date on Peacock. So if you're one of the, I think 10 people who have Peacock in the United States, I'm totally kidding. Um, Yes, you could watch this film day and date, or you could go to a theater to watch it as well, too. Uh, For myself, I don't think it's something you need to go uh, run to the theater to go watch. So I'm going to definitely say skip it. Uh, We have made it to the last film of the day. uh, And luckily, I think it's uh, my favorite film that we get to talk about this week. Uh, The film is called I Want You Back, and it is going to be streaming on Amazon Prime Video or just Prime Video uh, worldwide. And it is uh, directed by Jason Orley, and it's coming out February 11th. So it is a busy week for movie releases. Um, Anthony, I know you didn't watch this film. Um, so I'm going to kick it to Shay for his first reactions. But before I do that, I'm going to read a little synopsis since I want to get into the synopsis action this time. Uh, Peter and Emma are total strangers. When they meet, they realize they were both dumped on the same weekend. They're, uh, oh my goodness, what word is this? What is with these synopsis today? Their commissuration turns into a mission when they see that each of their ex-partners have happily moved on to new romances commiseration commiseration mm-hmm. commiseration it's not one you come across every day i'll be honest you want me you. to look up the 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 what well, it is is, is is there commisery um their common misery sympathy and sorrow for the misfortunes of others compassion the others the other actors offered him clumsy commiseration 
Thank you for that, Mr. Oxford. Uh, Shay, give us your first reactions too. I want you back. You know, th- this movie is very uh, interesting in the sense where as as I'm watching it, I'm getting kind of nervous because it, it feels like there isn't much uh, of a budget behind this film or much love behind this film. It, it almost kind of just seems like, hey, here's a romantic comedy. Go enjoy it. And I think that's kind of what I love about this movie. It is, it's so straightforward and it doesn't really try to beat you over the head with anything too flashy or anything over the or, or anything that's too crazy this movie knows what it is it's got funny writing a funny cast and it's got a very simple story and it just kind of takes you on that ride i i had a lot of fun watching this movie it in i think Daniel, uh, uh, you mentioned it 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 really takes you back to those old school early 2000s romantic comedies that just know what they are and they have fun with it. There's a strong lead. There's uh, there's strong leads. Sorry. And then there's all these, all these other characters in this movie that really kind of amplify it. You, I don't typically see Scott Eastwood as being a funny actor, but there are moments in this movie that he kind of made me laugh because they, they worked his benefit. You know, he's supposed to be this big, strong guy and it works. It works when they're making fun of him and they're poking jokes at him. And when he's balancing it off with Charlie Day, who I, I think is absolutely hilarious, it works. I really like this movie. I think that this movie might get missed and I really hope it doesn't. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, if you, like we were saying, you know, there's a lot of movies come out this week, um, and this movie is a movie that I'm sure people will have the most access to because who isn't an Amazon Prime member at this point? Um, but like you said, Shay, this movie has strong leads. You have Charlie Day, you have Jenny Slate playing off of one another who are both extremely funny. Then you also, you have Clark Blacko, you have Manny Jacinto, you have Scott Eastwood and you have Gina Rodriguez all kind of filling in a, a great supporting cast in this movie. And I like that this movie goes down different paths that you don't expect to go down. It's not, um, it's not as predictable as you would think a romantic comedy is, or it doesn't rely on, you know, the super big happy ending that you you've come to expect. Uh, but it does still, like check all the boxes that you're looking for. I think in a romantic comedy that, yeah, it has cheese, but it's also really funny and it makes fun of the fact that I think that it's that, that this is a romantic comedy, but like, it just, it's just funny. And there's some very meta moments in it, uh, throughout this film. Um, so I definitely is something that it might, it'll call me by surprise. And like you said, Shay, I hope that this doesn't get lost in kind of the fold of all the movies that are coming out, especially something that's coming out on Amazon prime where, there is like uh, a scatter shot of things always on Prime when you open up the app. So uh, let's see. I, I think we could just jump into our, our final recommendation for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say watch it. I'd say if you have Amazon Prime and you want to watch a, you know, stay at home, stay safe, put it on, watch it with your loved one, watch it by yourself. Doesn't matter. It's it's a great film no matter what part of the life you're in because it's funny. Yeah. There's, there's, there's genuine comedy in this movie and I think the characters really played their strengths definitely you know this movie like like you mentioned earlier shay um this movie reminded me of the early 2000s in the best of ways it's just a straightforward romantic comedy uh no extra you know bells and whistles it's just straight to the point it's funny it's aware of itself and it leans into that and has great performances throughout so that alone you know that's a watch it for me and i think it being on prime if we're looking for something to watch this weekend valentine's day weekend it's an easy watch it any final thoughts on our final super mega episode that we just kind of threw out into the, the ether right now? Anthony, you haven't been able to say anything 
in a few minutes. <laughs> Where are you? Are you okay? How are you doing? I just hope the next movies we get to watch are a lot better than the movies that we just watched. I just hope. <laughs> yeah. And Batman that's, is that's so fair. close. And that's, that's so a fair, fair assessment. You know, yeah. February is a short month. So we're closer to Batman than ever before. And um, I can't wait for that film. But yeah. Well, I hope everybody who's listening to this and hopefully you're listening to this on the day it's released. Uh, you were able to get your Batman tickets February 10th. It's, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath, I think, but I think, but I have faith that we're all going to be able to see uh, Batman day one. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening to our reviews of death on the Nile, blacklight, marry me. And I want you back. Don't forget. You can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for review episodes just like this one on all the latest movies and series. Make sure you follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review on, all, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, join our Discord, and write into the show at hello at themoviepodcast.ca. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next. <laughs>